You die once, and suddenly you're not invisible. Explore the story of Heed, who was a corpse for a while, but is back to life and trying to learn about just what had happened, only to discover the story is far stranger than that. Inspired by manga, Alter X Artifact is a new LGBTQ webcomic for mature readers revolving around magic and political espionage. This comic features fantastic elements, gripping storytelling, and impressive visuals that pull you into the strange but fascinating world of the comic. Alter X Artifact explores themes of magic, dreams, and relationships, all while deftly weaving a compelling mystery with eye-catching visuals. You're still in time to enjoy the exciting prologue as well, but you gotta hurry over on to the website. So, if you're looking for your next weekly webcomic read, you need to go to alterxartifact.com. That is alterxartifact.com. Now back to the show. Welcome to Supernatural Selection. It's the Weekend Weird. I'm your host, Kevin Heyman. With me are Mike the Skeptic. How are you, Mike? Um, I don't have a mouth, so I cannot scream. Oh, wow. That's pretty fucked up. How are we communicating? Um, He's talking out of his ass. Yes, oh, I, I, I taught wow. my ass to talk through farts. <laughs> like the asses from, uh, what's it called, uh, 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 Doom Patrol. Like no, like uh, the the uh, guy, the story the guy tells in the Naked Lunch. Oh, I thought you were gonna say like uh, uh, Ace Ventura. No, no. Oh, okay. No, I'm just I'm just a dead uh, light behind my eyes as the oh. ass takes over. <laughs> Jesus fuck! And we've got Mr. David Davis. David, how are you after that? Um, I rather enjoyed that. It also could be the alcohol talking. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Oh, you guys and your podcast and juice. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the Naked Lunch in decades, and I still remember that shit. That's it's it's a it's not. It, it leaves it leaves a scar on you when you're a teenager and you see that title on the 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 TV guide, and it's on HBO, and so you watch it, or maybe been Cinemax, you watch it and go have the Bart Simpson moment of I can think of two things that were wrong with that title. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, God. <clears throat> so, it's a weekend weird. And uh, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and go first, because this is some some shit. Well, it's okay. not some shit, but it's de- it was definitely interesting. Okay. And I do question this title. This is from the DailyMail.com uh, by Paul Farrell for DailyMail.com. <clears throat> and the article came out, uh, was updated July 6th, 2023. America's most prolific Bigfoot hunter, Claudia Ackley, 51, who filmed Mythical Beast, quote, chasing her daughters and documented hundreds of, quote, sightings, is found dead at home in a chair. Now, I'd never heard of this lady, and while uh, you would think I would have, I tend to read about Bigfoot and not Bigfoot 
hunters. I don't find them nearly as interesting uh, as Bigfoot himself, you know? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it's, it's all drama. In, in, in the fandoms, and I hate to use that term, but in the fandoms of these paranormal things, uh, there's drama. And I don't give a shit about human drama. I'm looking at bigger pictures here. So I'm I'm sorry for the family's loss and everything, but like I had no idea who this was. <clears throat> but the nation's most prominent, yeah, uh, sorry, the nation's most prominent Bigfoot hunter has died suddenly at the age of 51. Friends have said, Claudia Ackley, 51, made international headlines in 2018 when she sued California's Park Service after officials attempted to discredit her sighting of a Sasquatch by saying that she had merely seen a bear. Huh. Which, which you, you know, what, what, what do you think it would be? <laughs> Ackley's partner, Ed Brown, told The Sun that she was found dead in her home in a chair in Tennessee. Ackley is survived by her two daughters. A separate report said that Ackley died after suffering a heart attack. Brown was away on a business trip and became worried when he didn't hear from Ackley for a few days. He had police perform a welfare check at their home on July 2nd, which is when her body was discovered. In March 2018, Ackley was out for a hike with her daughters near Lake Arrowhead, California. Anywhere near you, David? Um, my my geography's a little fuzzy right now because of the alcohol. So okay, I'm that's fair. No, that's cool. It sounds a little bit nor- uh, north of LA, from sure. what I can recall. So I think kind of. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, she says they were at a trailhead with their dog when one of her daughters saw something that made her freeze in her tracks. And there is a video in the article, and uh, it is certainly some artifacted splotches in the woods. Ackley said she saw an alpha male Sasquatch. I'm going to let that sink in. An alpha male Sasquatch. He was wearing his uh, sunglasses on the back of his head, and he Uh, wore a uh, Big Dogs t-shirt. Oh, good. Yes, perfect. I'm guessing he was slamming a white claw. There are no laws when there are claws. That's right. (laughs) Anyway, Ackley said she saw an alpha male Sasquatch looking at her from behind a tree. Apparently, one of her daughters had been taking a video at the time. In the video, Ackley's daughter says, I swear to God, Mom! Ackley is adamant, I swear to God on my life we ran into a Sasquatch. She called the Department of Fish and Wildlife, which sent out an investigator. She showed the video to the investigators who said she saw a bear. Ackley rejected that, saying, My daughters have seen bears. They're not scared by bears. Ackley says this isn't the first time she's seen the creature. The first time was in Washington State during a Bigfoot trek arranged as a vacation with her then-husband in 2014, which, if you go on a Bigfoot trek... There's going to be a guy in a suit, I'm thinking. Well, I'm also thinking, like, Bigfoot Trek. That would be a hell of an episode of Strange New Worlds. Wouldn't it, though? Man, that would be some shit. (laughs) She saw what she thought was a small, five-foot-tall Bigfoot in the trees and locked eyes with it. She even made a plaster mold of an alleged footprint. They're supposed to be there to protect the public. 
They're not doing their job, she says. If I can save one life, it'll be worth it. Now, no, no, no. Here's my question: mm-hmm. Has has any Bigfoot made a direct attempt on her life? On her in the story? No. Yeah, because I've not heard any threat so far. It sounds like these things are just kind of vibing in the woods. Yeah, just just having a day, and then she comes in and starts yawning about that's my purse. I don't know you. How dare you be different? <laughs> Man, I don't even want to talk about my day with that. Oh, so fuck. I realized at that point, looking at the creature, that there's so much of life that we don't know. Life is so beautiful, and I'm wasting my years, she says. I lost wait, 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 wait. The contradiction, you know, uh, apparently they're not, uh, the, the U.S. Park Service isn't protecting us from the beauty of nature. Yes. I mean, okay. well, you know, bears are beautiful, but they will yeah. gore you. Right, Mike? Yeah, Abab. Abab. All bears are bastards. No, all bears are beautiful. Oh, all bears are... Hey, there you go. I like that. I feel like that should be a shirt. I lost a... Okay, this is out of left field. She she saw a Bigfoot and decided she's wasting her years. She says, I lost 125 pounds and decided to get a divorce. (laughs) Bigfoot convinced me to get a divorce. It motivated me to chase my dreams and live my life. (laughs) If if, if anything, it sounds like this Bigfoot thing has been, like, good for her. I know. Her life changed because she saw a Bigfoot. It inspired her to get a divorce. What the hell? (laughs) So, Michael Shermer, an author, professor, and publisher, says of Ackley to win... for Ackley to win in court, she's going to need more than just eyewitnesses. You can't sue the state of California to protect a species if you can't prove the species exists, he said. <laughs> that applies to everything from a snail to Bigfoot. You can't just show up at a conference and say, I saw this incredible thing at 3 a.m. on a camping trip. Can I name it? No, you have to have a body. I don't like the implication you got to shoot the thing in the head, then you can name it. Well, you know, it, yeah, it, it's it's from the long-standing tradition of natural philosophers of bringing back a dead one. Just that's to prove. that's true. This sounds very British. Sure, by Jove, by Jove, kill that thing and bring it here. I want to put my foot up on it. And it's ours, and I'm going <laughs> to name it after the king, so he will smile upon me. We're going to call it King George's ape. <laughs> <laughs> I slobber on the king's knob. Yes. Shermer (laughs) says the way to talk to people about these things is to respect them, even if you don't necessarily respect their beliefs. Because, you know, that whole thing he just said was real respectful. First of all, you have to listen to them, he says. You have to show respect. Ask questions. Ask them what it would take to change their minds. Wait a minute, what? (laughs) I gotta respect them and then convince them. Then I gotta gaslight them. Oh, so it's the Christian form of respect. Yes. As for Bigfoot, he says, there's no conspiracy. Biologists would love to find another bipedal primate. It would be the find of the century. However, Ackley is determined to prove it's true. This turned into present tense on a dead woman. (laughs) If if you think you intimidate me after being face-to-face with an 800-pound creature, she says, well, you don't. The lawsuit was... That doesn't sound like much is intimidating her anymore. Yeah, no kidding. The lawsuit was dismissed a little more than a month after it was first filed. 
At least one fellow Bigfoot enthusiast, Daniel Perez, told the San Bernardino Sun that Ackley's lawsuit was a bad look for the community. Mm, mm, Okay, so San Bernardino, yes. So that is basically in my backyard. Oh, hey, there we go. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I did talk with some people recently who who live near Claudia. And they know the area well, and they reported the out, that outside of Claudia and her claims, no one else is reporting anything like Bigfoot in the area, Perez told the newspaper. The whole matter is bad publicity for the serious Bigfoot community, and just one more reason why a great many folks across the nation take the matter with a grain of salt, he added. <clears throat> you know, that kind of pivoted away from her dying to, uh, this woman's crazy. Mm. Seems a little, uh... I don't know. It, I feel like that's bad form, DailyMail.com. Bad form. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. Isn't the Daily Mail like a pretty shitty rag? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know that much about them. Is this DailyMail.uk? It's DailyMail.co.uk, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so they are they're a shit rag, rag, from what I gather. Yeah. Okay, so shit rag and a hit piece on a dead woman. Way to go, guys. Glad I read that. <laughs> Real fucking glad I read that and gave him a platform. Fuck me. Oh, I gotta vet know. these like way better. Uh, you're you're good. We're shitting on it now, so we're yeah, good. that's yeah. true. But I but, mean, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I don't know that there's a well, there's a conspiracy in the sense that a lot of science can be very close-minded if it goes against like standard beliefs. But I do believe that if there was a uh, <clears throat> Well, if there is a, a Bigfoot out there, they want to find it. Yeah. You know, it's not going to upset anybody majorly. It's like, we found Bigfoot. Well, fucking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Like I've said before, it's like the the scientist that finds Bigfoot would like, you know, make it. That's, that's a career-making move. You know, I bet they would give him like a lifetime supply of Big Macs at McDonald's for finding Shit. Bigfoot. They would name a Big Mac burger after him. Yeah. Think, think of all the soap he would get. Wait, what? The the Sasquatch soap. Oh. Man. Sasquatch. Yeah, I've, I've kind of like, it's, that's been on my periphery, but last night, not last night, but this week I was in the grocery store and I was buying stuff in that area and I looked at it and I was like, who the fuck pays $7 for a bar of soap? Man. I mean, jeez. So yeah. Sask or, or Doctor Squatch, if you want us to spot, want to sponsor us, you know, give us a call. Yeah, we'll, we'll gladly. I mean, come on, man, it's a match made I, in I've, heaven. I've actually used that soap before because I got it at like a big discount. Yeah, yeah, because right. it was like at a, a Overstock store. Oh, okay. somewhere around here. Would you? Yeah, so I, so it, it was good. It was nice. Oh, okay. it, it had like a nice oh, pleasing I, texture, and, and, and it smelled really good. Yeah, one of our roommates has had it before, and it smelled. I mean, a bit strong, but, you know, I guess that's yeah. all soap's going to hey, smell. It's well, not Axe. Yeah. It's not Axe, and but, that's the important But thing. I'm saying is that my problem isn't that, you know, the soap is probably bad. It's just, you know, $7 for a bar of soap. Oh, oh yeah, I wouldn't pay 7 bucks for it, but, I, I like, pay, I think we paid, like, a dollar per bar. I pay it was eight, nice. I pay $8 for, like, eight bars of soap. <laughs> I mean, See, I can Here's the thing. I need my, the soap I use. It's called Grandma's Lie Soap. What? Yeah, and and I think that's kind of one of the things is that the 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 Doctor Squatch or whatever is you know supposed to be like all natural. And you know, 
You know, it's it's Fight Club soap, basically. It is. It's Fight Club soap, and I think part of that. Wow, this pivoted to a weird direction. Yeah. After talking about a dead woman, but I think part of the thing is like there's now this whole uh, machismo tax that people are willing to pay because Mm -hmm. man. And uh, you know what? That's fine. If you can make money off of someone's fragile masculinity, I say go for it. I'm a man. If you're looking to save money, the wisest move is to just buy like Dawn dish soap and use that as well. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, you do your dishes while you're bathing. There you go. I, I oh, yeah. A little harsh, but I, I will say that uh, Dawn dish soap is one of the best like automotive hand cleaners I've ever used. It really well, and it's is. gentle enough for the baby yeah. ducks in the commercial, so... Strong I mean, enough like, for a man, like, but made for your dishes. Like, when I work on uh, my car, that's that's what I wash my hands with, because, like, yeah. the actual, like, well, you mechanic know, they, soap is, like, way too, like, pumicey mm-hmm. and rough. Yeah. Well, you know, they use that stuff to get uh, oil spills off yeah. of ducks, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. They show it in the commercial. Yeah. It's general so, for the duck. Just There's give, a duck on the, the bottle uh, now. Consumer t- tip out there, if you know, get all oily, Dawn is the way to go. Yeah. I, I should state on air that I don't use dish soap to bathe. Okay. <laughs> no, that's probably a bad idea. Yeah, that'd be a really bad that. idea. Don't I know put my it, wife don't... is going to like listen to this, and then she's going to be upset. <laughs> and she's going to be like, everybody thinks that you use dish soap to bathe. And don't put it directly in your pee hole while you're at it. Besides, the the, the value conscious person isn't going to go for Dawn because that you know that stuff's kind of you know a little yeah no pricey. they're, they're, they're going to go, go for, for Ajax. Fabuloso. I was just going to say they're going for Fabuloso if they're going for anything. <laughs> Ajax Ajax is like a dollar a bottle. Yeah, or it used to be maybe like two dollars now. Yeah, I don't know you how know, inflation works. Is it weird that I go through like the cleaner aisle and I'm like, fuck, that looks delicious. No, 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 they, they no, specifically that's thing. make things look like candy like. And... Yep. Yep. It's it's so I think it, part of it is because it's like we're grown ups, but they want yeah. you to feel like you're having fun shopping. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And... Like if they don't want us eating the Tide Pods, don't make them look so fucking delicious. Yeah. It's no shit, man. Why hasn't a company come out with like a candy confectionery that looks like you I, know detergent pods? I think you just answered your own I fucking know, but question. Still, think about it. Think about how much money they would make. Uh, they're leaving money on the table. I know. So, David, let, David or Mike, which one of you guys want to go next? Um, either you pick, you choose. Now, David. Okay, David, All go. Right. Do your thing. Okay, so I got this uh, fun article from uh, Neoscope, which is under futurism.com. I get a lot of articles from there. Okay. Uh, this was published on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday by Maggie Harrison. And the headline is, Scientists Discover That You Can Hear Silence. Um, so, so okay. like the, the uh, was it Simon and Garfunkel song? The sound. Yeah, the, the, the little thing under the <laughs> subtitle is, do we have a bat signal for Paul Simon? Or if you prefer the, uh, who was it, Disturbed that did the cover? Also, a good, that's actually a good cover. No, it was. Like, it showed like, this dude had, like, super range. Like, I was just, you know, familiar even, with him yeah. through his new metal stuff. But, like, yeah, no, Sound of Silence, real good cover. He did another cover, and I can't remember what it was. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back All to right, the Sound so. of Silence. And that's the joke right there. See, because it was silent <laughs> for a moment. Okay. Yeah, ah, okay. I, I was like, wait a minute, dead air? <laughs> yeah, I was sitting here going, did... Did the call drop? <laughs> my my craft is beyond y'all. Anyway, here we go. Um, 
In a new paper, a team of philosophers and psychologists at Johns Hopkins University claims to have settled an ancient debate where you can actually hear the sound of silence. Unless you have tinnitus. I was going to bring that up, but I'll wait till the end. In a mind-bending conclusion, they found that you absolutely can. Quote, We typically think our sense of hearing as being concerned with sounds, but silence, whatever it is, is not a sound. It's the absence of sound, said the study's lead author, John Hopkins graduate student in philosophy and psychology, Ruzi Go. So, quote, surprisingly, what our work suggests is that nothing is also something that you can hear. Per the study, published Monday in the journal PNAS, uh, which I don't know what that's an acronym for, uh, researchers utilized established auditory trickery, such as the one is more illusion, to conduct the experiment. But in the middle of these tests, the researchers added a twist. They periodically subbed noise for pure nothingness, then measured whether participants' brains would react the same way as they would to conventional noisy, that is, sound illustrations. Or sound illusions, I'm sorry. Quote, Philosophers have long debated whether silence is something that we can literally perceive, but there hasn't been a scientific study aimed directly at this question, said the study co-founder Chaz Firestone, which is a hell of a name. Ain't it, though? An assistant professor of uh, psychological and brain sciences and the director of John Hopkins uh, Perception and Mind Laboratory, quote, our approach was to ask whether our uh, brains treat silences the way they treat sounds. Um, so if you can get the same illusions with silences, uh, as you can get with sounds, he added, then that may be evidence that we literally hear silence after all. Ultimately, 1,000 participants were assessed across seven different areas. Fascinatingly, the researchers were able to determine that across all tests, participants' brains reacted the same way to silence as they did to noise, a result that seemingly suggests that, yes, we hear silence, even if we're really hearing nothing at all. That Uh, makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, I, I kind of have my idea of what that reasoning is, but let me let me go through this before we... Okay. Uh, quote, We show that silences can substitute for sounds in event-based auditory illusions, reads the study. Seven experiments introduced three silence illusions adapted from perceptual illusions previously thought to arise only with sounds. In all cases, it continues, silences elicited temporal distortions perfectly analogous uh, to their... Sound-based counterpart suggesting that auditory processing treats moments of silence the way it treats sound. Silence is truly perceived and not merely inferred. So um, if there's any caveat to the results, it's that the silences that Johns Hopkins researchers prompted participants with were embedded into various soundscapes. Still, the result of the experiment, uh, the results of the experiment are compelling, especially considering the weight and history of the argument itself. In any case, just know if your words like silent raindrops ever echo in any wells of silence, that's just the sounds of silence. Jesus Christ. God, <laughs> I, I did not fuckers. read that conclusion. I did not read that conclusion originally, and I'm so mad. <laughs> Those sons of bitches. So so my my initial thoughts, like the reason why we hear silence is that like when we hear things it's all air pressure right so mm-hmm. like the very fact that like the air pressure isn't moving is something you would notice i feel right. like right well that, that's know, how i'm seeing it well from a from a more personal experience like mike do you remember when your bro- your dad like soundproofed that shed so your brother could yeah. like go out and bang on his drums and not piss off the entire house yeah 
Well, the thing that gets me about that is uh, when I went in there and shut the door, for lack of a better term, it was too loud, but backwards. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, for me, I couldn't stand it. Mm-hmm. And part of it was because the silence was too much. And yeah. the other reason is because, like you said, I have tinnitus. Yeah. Pretty fucking bad. Well. So when there's silence, I'm left with all I hear is that loud ringing in my ears. Well, here's the thing is that anechoic chambers, which are even quieter than that, most, a, a lot of people, probably everybody has a limit to how long they can be in there with no other sound. I've I've heard that. It's like, I think, was it like 10 or 15 minutes is the longest somebody can go? I, I don't know offhand, but yeah, it's something like that. Right. Um, and, and really, because it gets so quiet that you hear, you know, if you don't have tinnitus, you hear like your your blood rushing through your ears and things mm-hmm. like that. You just hear all these body stuff that you normally tune out right. because there's no matter even the quietest room has some background sounds. Okay. Yeah. I, I just looked it up in, in the anechoic chamber. Mm-hmm. The longest anyone's been able to last was 45 minutes. Wow. I'd love to try. And they that. never came out the same. Yeah. No, they I came mean, out screaming I, I about guess, the horrible non sounds from space. I guess the rule would be, you can't like start singing or humming because you know, because otherwise you're just making sound and, and you're hearing things. But I would love to try that. Like, I'd love to go in an anechoic just to see. I, mean, I know I have a little bit of tinnitus myself, so I'd probably mostly hear that. But mm-hmm. um, as, far as, right. as far as my take on this study, I mean, yes, there. so these people are a lot... I'll, I will preface this by saying these people have a lot more degrees and probably are a lot smarter than me. Um, okay. But Good to admit. say you hear silence, I, I'd say mechanically, wouldn't hearing be the act of your eardrums moving from I don't, the sound? I don't know. And I think part of the and problem is that, that philosophers are involved in yeah. this as well. So <laughs> it gets fuzzy. Is it, I mean, are they talking about hearing hearing? Or are they talking about perceiving? I think they're talking about perceiving. Perceiving yeah. makes sense because, you know... The, the it's the lack of stimulus is still in itself a stimulus yeah because you know the mind is not dormant so and also is it like you're actually perceiving silence or are you like it is is it like I don't I don't know I don't know how to explain it like I don't have can, enough letters after my name it's like saying you can see darkness in a totally pitch black room well Kind of, but not really. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, in darkness, you see, like, your brain starts filling in, and I think maybe that's part of it. I'm, I'm sure you're in, in silence. You're, it's the same thing. Yeah, I know. And you can, mm-hmm. like, hear your body doing th- stuff you don't yeah. want to hear it doing. Yeah. It's just kind of like how I can't sleep in a quiet room. I absolutely oh, no. have to have... Um, ambient noise. Like I used to have a lot of anxiety sleeping as a kid, and that all changed when I got a TV. 
and I can yeah. fall asleep to right, like, the TV. Right, right, right. I, I like a fan. I like a good yeah. fan noise, yeah. white noise. I can understand I that. I don't, I don't want like a loud noise, but I need some I noise. Don't, I've never tried like one of these like sound machines or something because I'd rather have the airflow as well. Sure, like the mm-hmm. cooling effect. Oh yeah. So well, I mean, but, I've got my. Uh, Google speaker set when I, I go through my nighttime routine, it starts playing the light yeah. sounds of a thunderstorm. Yeah, I know because it tells me on my phone. Well, <laughs> and, and that's not like a snarky thing. That's just like <laughs> just just telling you for a fact that I see it. It says playing relaxing sounds. Yeah, that's creepy. No, I mean, it's just because we're in the same household. I so. I know yeah. it's still a little weird, but yeah. anyway, point is. Yeah, yeah. See, see, my thing is like, what I'll do is I'll just put on like Pluto TV, and I will just like fall asleep to something on so, there. Usually, it's Bob Ross. Right. There's just something about like this hearing the sounds mm-hmm. of the brush strokes and him like banging the brush on the thing. So to... that's something similar is what I do when I have insomnia. Mm-hmm. I very I'm I'm a pretty good sleeper. Like I. 99% of the time, you know, if I lay down, I can fall asleep pretty quickly. But the, right. some, the few times I don't, I'll put on, like, a mildly in, mildly interesting but not funny podcast. So, definitely so not Supernatural Selection. No. <laughs> I was going to say Hardcore History would probably... Probably uh, work, yeah. Like, <laughs> since the Tested podcast ended, that was my go-to. So, I've been using some other things, like... Uh, mm. Uh, knowledge fight and things like that, but something. That, oh, knowledge yeah. fight! I, that's those Infowars oh, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. So something that's interesting enough that I can like listen to, but not. Mm-hmm. Fun. I think funny would like make me want to listen to it more and wake me up. Mm-hmm. I yeah, yeah, I could understand that. You don't want to get too invested. So something that's boring but interesting, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So that that that'll put me out. Lore would probably probably like, too, knock yeah. you right the fuck out. So. This has been Sleepy Time with the Supernatural Selection guys. Sleepernatural Selection. Yeah. Oh, that should be a Patreon thing. (laughs) We should record us reading shit just to put people to sleep. Just making white noise with our mouths. Just. (sighs) Are you asleep yet? Yeah. (laughs) After about 45 minutes, you're like, hey, hey. You sleep. Join. Send us more money. <laughs> Send us stuff. Send we'll us get a PO money. box. Well, it's, that's an interesting article, and yeah. it, it also yeah. brings up a lot of arguments you can have about the nature of silence. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think it. It like like much like uh oh the the Futurama guy. It just for, uh, brings up further questions. Oh, Hermes. Yeah, Hermes that yes. just raises further questions. further questions. Yeah. yeah. How he burned down the house underwater with his car. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so thank you for that, David. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Mike. Mike, my yes. friend, what have you got? So I've kind of got a two, two uh, part thing. Well, the, the, so one of it's older. So. You know, I we didn't really touch on it much, but a couple of weeks ago, there was the uh, the Harvard professor Avi Loeb, where he believed he found uh, fragments of alien technology from a meteor. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when you found that like early this week. Uh, well, the, the the original story was like maybe last week sometime. Yeah, but we um, you know it wasn't a weekend weird. So. Yeah, because we we just hadn't gotten to it yet. So anyway, he. So the the long and short of the original story is David, you you heard about this too, right? 
Mm-hmm. So he basically had plotted the trajectory of this of a meteor, and they then they went to uh, the co- the waters off the coast of Papua New Guinea in 2014, and through diving in the area where they figured it was where it was, they found these little metallic spheres like in the in the sand, and. Claiming that they're of supernatural origin, not supernatural, of extraterrestrial origin, not even extraterrestrial, of alien technology origin because of their composition. They are of extra solar origin because the trajectory of the meteor they tracked was fast enough that the only place it could have come was from outside our solar system. So that's That's, not... That's neat. That's neat, and that's not... Uh, under question because they they chose that meteor for that purpose why they why they chose this one to study because it was obviously from outside of our he's from out of town yeah so they found these spheres and through uh you know analyzing them they found that were that they were 84% iron 8% silicon 4% magnesium and 2% titanium Plus trace elements. Sounds like Bender. Yeah, yeah. They found about and that f- that small amount that uh, trace elements. Yeah. That's dolomite. Yeah. And <laughs> found fifty of them in total, and so because I guess because of the composition, they figured he decided that they were alien technology. They that was basically an alien equivalent of Voyager that burnt up in our atmosphere I, and splashed down. I was really hoping it would be a VCR. Yeah. Just an alien VHS. Well, there wouldn't be much titanium in that. Well, you don't know. They could make them more durable. Maybe they're not slaves to capitalism. So that's the background. That was the original story, but there's been an update within the last, oh, two days. Oh, really? And that the... Uh, that this United States research team has been accused of stealing fragments from a meteor because apparently the uh, visa the guy was on was not, did not allow for this kind of uh, research and, you know, taking of materials. The extradition of materials? Yes. Oh, dear. So the, uh, the meteor called IM-1... Uh, it did come from a plant planetary system, but uh, let's see here. So, yeah, the, the 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 upshot is he he did not dot his eyes and cross his t's. He, you know, went there on a basically a tourist visa, I believe it said. Oh, and you know, not a research visa, not and no. No authority to take any material from uh, oh, the scene. So, I mean, sure, he was gung-ho about it, but probably too gung-ho and maybe well, too zealous. I'm going to say, you know, the visa thing, I'm like, oh, that's a sign of a bad scientist. Then I remember, well, he was saying oh. it was like an alien piece of technology so i kind of feel like that says he's a bad scientist <laughs> well, well and here's the thing that throws me about it because visa's everywhere you want it to be oh, oh god yeah. yeah but you can't take anything yeah it's everywhere that you want to be but you can't take anything you want to take so i mean yeah for I that mean, you need the smith and wesson card uh, yeah. 
I, so when I think of a scientist, there, you know, I think of them as met- methodical and meticulous. And this is the sounds like the opposite of that. He's like the Indiana Jones of shitty uh, <laughs> astro science. He, he's like the ancient aliens guy. If you like, he was doing like science without a license. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no um, no clue yet. Like it's still the jury's out on what exactly he might be charged with. Um, and whether or not it actually is a serious felony, because I guess this kind of thing doesn't happen that often. Yeah, I, I mm, you know, I would not be surprised if it were a misdemeanor and he had to pay a fine. But, and return the stuff. Yeah, like, or had to try, hand it over to, like, whatever jurisdiction it is, hand it over to, like, their museum or something. Yeah. It belongs in a museum. It belongs in a museum. Yes, Dr. Jones, you're a poor scientist. Yeah, you should... You know, do better. Dr. Jones, do better. Dr. Jones, do better. Oh, God damn it, short (laughs) round. Punch it, shorty. Well, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, Fucking horrible scientist motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, is this guy like, I'm wondering if this guy's prone to these kind of claims on a semi-regular basis. I don't know. But you know what I do know is that we're going to take a quick break for sponsors, and we'll be right back after this. Hey, David, you know what makes our show great? What's that, Kevin? No ads. You know what would make it better? What's that, Kevin? Ads. What if... And I'm just spitballing here. We do ads for independent creators at reasonable rates. How reasonable? Overly. How about $2 per episode pre-roll? That is almost too reasonable. Might as well go for it. Let's send everyone to the contact page for Supernatural Selection. SupernaturalSelectionPod.com slash contact? Exactly. Just have them scroll down to the Advertise With Us section for more information. That sounds great. Now let's record the ad. Kevin? Yes, David? We just did. Whoa. This time for sure. (laughs) And welcome back to Supernatural Selection. Uh, So, real quick before we move on, I want to bring up, uh, we have been getting a lot of people coming to the site lately because of the Cosmic Death Fungus episode. Um, David, thank you for doing that one, by the way. Uh, So, the basic thing is, I think there are like a lot of TikTok videos happening where people talk about the Cosmic Death Fungus conspiracy. You know, like for reals, Mm -hmm. you know. And then they're Googling it, and we're like the second or third response on Google. Like, the the second or third result in a Google search on Cosmic Death Fungus. I I guarantee you, I I, I feel like, give it about a month, and we're going to get our first national headline about someone, like, poisoning themselves because they wanted to fight this death fungus. (laughs) Oh, sure, probably. But the thing is, people are finding us because of that, so if you're listening because of Cosmic Death Fungus, Welcome. We hope you stop. We stopped you from uh, poisoning yourself with that bullshit. Um, <laughs> also, I I just feel like a 
a third to half of the people finding us are like, this isn't Joe Rogan, and just stop. <laughs> so, um, but speaking of previous episodes, I, th- I don't think it was in uh, Distraction Hole, but in a recent episode, we I got to complaining about my overdue library book fee and the fact that they wouldn't <laughs> take a fucking dollar yeah. to pay my quarter mm-hmm. fine. Uh, so I found this article from U.S. News. Uh, wait, no, not from U.S. News. It is U.S. News from the AP. So uh, this is APNews.com. An extremely overdue book has been returned to a Massachusetts library 119 years later. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I heard you know, about, I hear about, you know, inheriting your parents and grandparents like obligations, but shit. Yeah, so in Boston, on and uh, let's see, this article is by Steve LeBlanc, and it was published on July 7th. On February 14th, 1904, someone curious about the emerging possibilities of a key force of nature checked out James Clerk Maxwell's An Elementary Treatise on Electricity from the New Bedford Free Public Library. Hmm. It would take 119 years in the sharp eyes of a librarian in West Virginia before the scientific text finally found its way back to the Massachusetts library. The discovery occurred when Stuart Plain, the curator of rare books at West Virginia University Libraries, was sorting through a recent donation of books. Plain found the treatise and noticed it had been part of the collection at the New Bedford Library and critically, had not been stamped withdrawn, indicating that while extremely overdue, the book had not been discarded. Plain contacted Jody Goodman, the special collections librarian uh, librarian in New Bedford, to alert her to the find. This came back in extremely good condition, New Bedford Public Library Director Olivia Mello said Friday. Someone obviously kept this on a nice bookshelf because it was in such good shape and probably got passed down in the family. The treatise was first published in 1881, two years after Maxwell's death in 1879. Although the cranberry-colored copy now back at the New Bedford Library is not considered a rare edition of the work, Nello says. The library occasionally receives books as much as 10 or 15 years overdue but nothing anywhere close to a century or more, she said. (laughs) The treatise was published at a time when the world was still growing to understand the possibilities of electricity. In 1880, Thomas Edison received a historic patent embodying the principles of his incandescent lamp. When the book was last in New Bedford, the nation was preparing for its second Modern World Series incumbent Republican President Theodore Roosevelt was on track to win another term. Wilbur and Orville Wright had conducted their first airplane flight just a year before, and New York City was celebrating its first subway line. Now, now I wish you did that in like the Casey Kasem voice because it sounds like you're doing like something on like the top 40, America's top 40. When the book was last in New Bedford, the nation was preparing for its second Modern (laughs) World Series. Incumbent Republican President Theodore Roosevelt was on track to win another term. Wilbur and Orville Wright had just conducted their first airplane flight just a year before, and New York City was celebrating its first subway line. Now here's the loving spoonfuls. Here's Casey Kasem. 
Up next. He's bringing you the sound of silence. Up next, <laughs> Funky Town. <laughs> beep, beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I was thinking it halfway through. I'm turning it into Casey Kasem here. <laughs> and I can do Shaggy's voice, so that's yeah. a thing. The discovery and return of the book is a testament to the durability of the printed word, especially in a time of computerization and instant access to unfathomable... Don't make this more than it is, library. Don't (laughs) make this more than it is. Look, Mellow's just trying to make it all all sound real fun. The printed word is superior in all forms. It's just a testament to how much librarians are bored and will talk to each other. And also, (laughs) books. I mean, they're real into books, man. The value of the printed book is it's not digital. It's not going to disappear, which that is true. That it, Well, I mean, you know, sure, burnings, but just holding it, you get the sense of someone having this book 120 years ago and reading it, and here it is in my hands. I think somebody's getting turned on. Yeah, that, like, that's like a we're much. one university fire away from a bunch of, like, priceless text disappearing. Oh, off oh yeah, the no, one... Look, one Look, forest fire. The, the the library at Alexandria is a oh. cautionary tale. Yes. <laughs> it's still About going to be a, here a hundred years from now. Oh, I don't know. Eggs and baskets, people. Yes. <laughs> now, the new, okay, here's the part that I really wanted to get to. The new Bedford Library has a five cent per day late fee. At that rate, someone returning a book overdue by 119 years would face a hefty fee of more than $2,100. The good news is the the library's late fee limit maxes out at $2. (laughs) Another lesson of the find, according to Mello, it's never too late to return a library book. And I'm Casey Kasem, and this is the Top 40 Weird Shit. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. It just, that, that gives me hope that eventually I'll be able to pay off my fine. Well, what, what's the longest you guys have ever held a book? Um, wait, like in my hands or like held on to No, a... no, no, like, like a library book. Okay, so when I was um, five, my sister checked out a book from the Vicksburg Public Library that was published in the 1950s called uh, The Sandwich Book. And it was a children's book about making a giant goddamn sandwich. Which, again, I've had a lot of sandwiches. So, she checked this book out, and a week later she moved to Utah. Oh, shit. So, I threw the book out in... Mike, when did we move from South Jackson? Um, 2017? Something like that, yeah. So I threw it out in 2017, so 1983 to 2017, you can do the math. Oh, jeez. And that was her account, so, you know, no skin off my nose. So well, What about you, Mike? So I am cur- I went to the front room and grabbed a book that I have. It is... The Pocket Encyclopedia of Space Flight in Color, Missile and Rockets by Kenneth Gatland. It is from the Jackson Metropolitan Library System, South Hills Branch. Oh, shit. That's over on, uh, Mc, on uh, I McDowell. I do not know when this was checked out. 
<laughs> it does not have stamps in it. You know, usually they stamp it with mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. says, you know, that is out of the system. So I'm assuming it was checked out for me. And, you know, I grew up with this book. It was my book. It literally, I've, as a kid, at some point, I wrote my name in it, like, several times. Like, so... So I have no idea how much this book... You should totally slip it into the returns. No, I love this book. I'm not getting rid of this fucking book. Okay, that's fair. I've had this book all my, like, conscious life that I can remember. (laughs) Wow. So, So, uh, we're going on uh, 46 years you've had this book now? Oh, no, not that long. What's the the publication date? um, Let's see. Like, most recent publication date. Um... Do 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 do! Wow. Let's see here. It is. Mm, mm, mm. Well, so it's a good bit older, and I do remember this being kind of a little out of date. It's 1975. Oh wow, that's older than both of us. Printed in Great Britain by. Why does it have a 73 printing date, but 75 for the? uh, like, I don't know, but seventy five. Yeah, sometime in the seventies. Like put it to you this 70s. way: the uh, the space shuttle, when it's talk about talked about in this book, is all speculative and <laughs> like they don't have any actual. It's all like concept drawings. There's no like oh wow actual. I need to look through that book. Shuttle. I don't think I've ever actually looked through that. Um, so it, yeah, this reminds me of that Simpsons thing. The moon belongs to America, and she eagerly awaits our astro men. <laughs> I, I think the longest I've had a book. Um, so, so number one, you should know that I have a lot of books. Like I yeah. have so many books that right now I have a bunch in storage. Um, okay. So I had, I had checked out. I think the Dead Zone. Um, the Stephen King book. We, yeah, yeah. Before we had, uh, we ha- we had to move. And in the process of moving, I threw it in a bin with some other books because I had to, like, pack it away because I was taking it with me. Um, didn't find that book until, like, two years later when I checked that bin in the storage unit. So, yeah, I, I had that book for, like, two years. That's the okay. longest I've held That's the longest you've had. We, uh, okay, me and Mike get so, beat by a couple of decades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay, yeah. so this is, so thinking about it, this is from the Jackson Library System. So, for my history, when my brother was born when i was three he was born here in jackson but then at some point we moved back to uh louisiana so it was in that time when we lived here so i'm gonna say at least 40 years so i i don't think yeah. i was older than six because i was by the time i hit kindergarten i was in louisiana so this so, book, so that book's uh crossed state lines a couple times Oh yeah, I mean twice, but no, it's it's been my it's been in my possession. My parents checked it out more than forty years ago. Mm-hmm. So. Old book. It's kind of cute. It's yeah. kind of cute, and it is like a neat it. little pocket book too. It's not like a big tome. Yeah, it's you know yeah. about the size of one of those like kind of I don't know paperback. Yeah, it's about paperback size, but it's a hardcover. Yeah. Hey, y- y'all know that saying possession is. Nine tenths of the law. Yeah, I possess the hell out of this thing. Yeah, Mike, fuck you. You're you're a thief. 
Yes. You're a fucking thief. <laughs> you're going to jail for Probably. stealing a library book, and hey, then you're rolling hey, it. Hey, it's my parents. They, they're, they're the ones that checked it out. I, and you know what? Did I, not return it. I feel like you should take a photo of that, send it to your mom, and ask, should I take it back? <laughs> no. No, they'll they take it from me. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Well, you know the thing about that possession is nine-tenths of the law thing is, like, you're not legally liable for anything you do while under demonic possession. Because oh, yeah. it's the demon's fault. Good point. And you know what? I have a feeling possession being nine-tenths of the law is some shit England came up with so they could hang on to India. I don't yeah. know. It sounds to me like something in the U.S. Yeah, well, that too. A- along with like three-fifths of a person, you know what I'm saying? Oh, God, I don't want to talk about the three-fifths compromise. This is getting <laughs> dark. Yeah. So, well, I-, I can lighten things up a little bit. Yeah, yes, David, please, what else please. you got there? I've got a cute little animal story for us. I think oh, we're going to like this one. It's going to get mutilated by a car. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, we do have pictures, so if you look at the article um, in our discussion, it's uh, I, I an saw. Otter, oh yeah, an otter in Santa Cruz is hassling surfers and stealing their boards. This is adorable. Mm-hmm. It is a surfing is, otter. Yeah, so this is uh, from NPR under filed under strange news, um, <laughs> published at five in the morning today by Dustin Jones. Good job, Dustin. An aggressive sea otter in California is hassling locals by riding boards she stole from surfers in the lineup. (laughs) Streamer Lane is a legendary point break nestled along the rocky shores of Santa Cruz, home to swaths of experienced surfers, as well as a five-year-old female sea otter with a growing reputation for repeatedly confronting surfers and kayakers. Okay, this this otter's my hero. Mm Mm-hmm. Videos across social media show the otter hoisting itself out of the ocean and onto boards while surfers sit back in awe. At times, she's chewed on the boards or forced surfers to surrender their boards altogether. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, uh, Onlookers in the videos can be heard laughing in jest at surfers' misfortunes, but officials with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service say that the otter poses a public safety risk. Oh, they would. Quote, while there have been no confirmed reports of injury due to the highly unusual behavior of this otter, kayakers, surfers, and other rec- uh, recreating in the uh, area should not approach the otter or encourage the otter's interactions, they said in a statement. Um, 60-year-old Santa Cruz native and photographer Mark Woodward said he has photographed hundreds of otters over the years but has never seen something like this. He's witnessed the otter bully surfers three times in less than a week. Okay, I love the fact that they used the term bully. Mm-hmm. Give me like, all these pictures are fantastic. It shows up and dumps their books and steals their lunch money. <laughs> What's up, cuck? <laughs> oh, uh, wow. Yeah, you're looking at the pictures? Uh, no, I'm watching a video where the, the oh. otter just jumps up on the board and, like, literally forces the uh, the surfer off the board and away. Hell yeah. It's a big, this is a pretty big otter. It is. Like, I'm looking at a picture. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's size of ginger. It's bigger than mm-hmm. that. This okay, is, the, this is it's about like the size a of a small dog. Yeah. Uh, the USFWS said that the otter's behavior is, quote, concerning and unusual, end quote, and though the exact cause is unknown, officials said it could be associated with hormonal surges or being fed by humans. Um, I love the Southern... picture right after that of the woman uh-huh. looking panicked, holding onto the board like, no, mine! <laughs> While the yeah, thing comes at her, right at her. Like a fucking torpedo. And it's just <laughs> chewing on the board, too. Yeah. Like, going to town. It's like, mm-hmm. surfboards, I assume, are not cheap. 
And this is just pulling yeah. chunks out of the surfboard. Yep. Well, you know, the ocean's reclaiming its uh, bounty. So just, Nature just like, is healing. Just, just like those orcas in the yachts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southern sea otters are listed as threatened under the Endangered Species Act and are protected under the Marine Mammal Act as well. As California law, said the USFWS, after being hunted to near extinction for their fur in the 1700s and 1800s, the population has rebounded since becoming a protected species and is a key predator in California's coastal ecosystems. I just want to point out that means you cannot punch it in the face. No, you cannot. Uh, They say that... um, a team from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife and the Monterey Bay Aquarium is looking for the otter to catch and rehome her. Unfortunately, once the otter is caught, Monterey Bay Aquarium spokesperson Kevin Connor told NPR she won't be able to return to the wild. Mm-hmm. The animal, officially known as Otter 841, oh. uh, was born in captivity because its mother had also been too friendly with humans and then successfully released into the wild in June 2020. It wasn't until September 2022 that she started exhibiting her bizarre behavior at Streamer Lane. Um, huh. So you know, it's it's basically a feral otter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a yeah. And I feel like otter eight forty one. We need to name this otter. Mm-hmm. I, I say call her Nagatoro. Nagato- Nagatoro. Nagatoro. Why does that sound familiar? That's that. That's the uh, the anime with the. Uh, the, the girl, girl who bullies the boy. Oh, there you go. Nagatoro. Yeah. I like that. We'll yeah. go with that. Um, so apparently the staff were able to drive the animal out of the area, a process called hazing, in hopes <laughs> of deterring her from interacting with people, but she's no longer afraid of humans. <laughs> um, um, let's see. Let's see. Once caught, she was taken to Aquarium for an exam before being moved into, for her, or into her forever home. Um, <laughs> she's been deemed unreleasable. Oh. Um. Yeah, so... I love the picture at the bottom of the article of the drawing of the otter. (laughs) Warning, aggressive sea otter in this area. Enter the water at your own risk. (laughs) And a cute little picture of an otter in the water. Bitch knows how to fight. (laughs) Otter has um, a knife. (laughs) You know, at least they're not going to, like, put it out. Uh, They're not going to, like, put it down. Well, yeah, considering how... I wonder... If Mike had found this article, would the universe have been like, and then they shot her? <laughs> and they and then they shot her the otter. Shot her the oh god. Oh. Yeah, so I, I say we name her Nagatoro. Nagatoro, Nagatoro the, the otter. otter. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And you know, it is kind of funny though, just watching this thing like, give me the board. Yeah. Give me your board. <laughs> give me give me the board, Surfer Senpai. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's terrible. I've still got to watch that show. It, it's really good. The first two episodes are rough. Um, it, like if you're not understanding like what the context is, but like from episode three, you see that like oh no, she is like head over heels for the guy. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but we'll save that for the distraction hole. Yes, absolutely. That but, can be your segment one week. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I like it. It's a feel-good story, you know what I mean? And I, I really do like this trend of the ocean, like, fu- telling yeah. people to get the fuck out. I think they're just tired of guys from something mm-hmm. awful saying, fuck the ocean, and the ocean's like, you know, no, no, yeah, you know the what? Ocean fucks back. You know what? Fuck you. I don't think the ocean <laughs> is telling us to get out. It's t- telling us, you know, hey, it's our shit too, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Coexist or you will be coexisted. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so Mike. Yeah. You got another one for us? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, hmm. should, no. I use, should I use this one? Because I kind of alluded to it earlier. I forgot this I was going to be my should. second one. So, uh, in the in the spirit of, it's a little stale, but in the spirit of oceans, how about we talk about them orcas that are yeah. destroying yachts? Yeah, I was hoping we'd talk about that at some point. So, um, so yeah, apparently orcas lately. I mean, it is not a un. It is not a unknown thing, but it's becoming more prevalent. Prevalent this year. That orcas are attacking the rudders of yachts, and so the there's several prevailing theories that I've read. One of them being that like maybe the the like harmonics of the rudder is offensive to the orcas, but really, I I listened to a story on NPR about like they talked to an orca person man i'm glad you followed up orca with person so when yeah. they talked to <laughs> they an talk orca, to an orca. would you develop speech no, uh, a bio, no, you know, you marine biologist person. that specializes in orca yeah. behavior and stuff now, now see when you say orca person i'm thinking yeah. of orca from the batman comics yeah. oh god that's so weird <laughs> but uh but so apparently orcas are known for having fads like mm-hmm. They they have something they that someone that one of the orcas comes up are, with. Are you saying it become like it's a fad? Yes, it's, it's a literally fad. a fad. The orcas will be it, like, I mean, "This is cool." Like I can't remember the other example they they gave, but there, there's other recorded is evidence like of, tossing seals. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. they Orca they will they will <laughs> yes they will come one of them will come up with something that seems like fun. And it'll just spread because you know they're they're social creatures and they're bored and bored. Well, you know, yeah, bored a little bit, but you know, it's just they they want to have fun. So this this is the new version of fun. And maybe next week it'll be like you know stealing surfboards from surfers. You know, this reminds <laughs> me of spunk ball, like those 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 things. Like, be careful. The cops are saying, you know, those emails. Be, they're saying, be careful, or someone will throw like a tinfoil bomb in your car with the windows <laughs> down. It's like that, but orcas and real. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and there there was also a theory that it was like a. <gasps> single orca that was injured by a rudder and she was teaching others to attack but really it's the terrorists yeah but really it, it it's it seems to be like it's an orca fad so like they're just bored orca teenagers and one of them has hey let's go tear off these things that are sticking down in the water yeah. So next time, next week, you'll see them crying themselves in the telephone booths or sitting on flagpoles. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. doing the Charleston. Ooh, ooh. Um, no, they'll be like uh, positioning themselves horizontally, like by a central point, and you know, ha- you know, kind of like a plank, <laughs> stiff no. across something. No, they start doing no. the Antarctic shake. Oh, do do Antarctic shake. Uh, so here's the thing, I. Th- this is synchronicity and coincidence and everything, but I think it's hilarious that this hit the news and then in the same week, the fucking Ocean Gate sub happened. Everybody's like, was it the Orcas? (laughs) (laughs) 
And yeah. it's like, no, it was just an asshole. Yeah, it was, it was just a fucking dumbass who thought he knew better than actual, you know... Uh, uh, Scientists? Engineers. There you build, go. You know, my my, my favorite thing of that confluence of events was when they talked about like hearing knocking sounds on the ocean, and then there was those memes of the orcas with pots and pans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, no, come on down. It's fine. We're all down send, here. Save send us. more submarines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. Uh, you know, I, 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 th- this does remind me, recently I decided with only a little bit of humor in there, I'm going to stop identifying as a human being. So I am finding this really hilarious for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I was like, where are you going with this? And then it took me a moment. I'm like, oh, I yeah. get it now. As, as an outsider, I find this hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin. You can't deny that you are, in fact, a meat popsicle. I am a meat popsicle, but I'm not a human. You're, that, that's, a, that's another uh, term for a human. God damn it, Mike. I'm not a human. I, I refuse. You I'm, are a human. 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 Yes, I'm fucking cork. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, well, thank you for that, Mike, because I was really hoping we'd touch on the Orca thing. Because, mm, yes. yeah, I mean, not touch on Orcas, but well, you know, that's filthy. Yeah, you know, you got to pay extra for that. Yep. It's uh, pretty man, much that, it. that was a dark period at SeaWorld. Yes, oh, yeah, no. The, the mm-hmm. t- touch an Orca extra pay night. Yeah, no, it's like, do you want to swim with the Orcas? Yeah, that'd be great. Do you want to have Someone really wants to free Willy. Oh, fuck off. That's terrible. It is. So, (laughs) motherfucker, you started it. I know, but that was a bad joke. (laughs) And I finished. (laughs) Get it? Get it? This show's over. No, uh... (laughs) So, before we move on to X, I got something in... A couple of interesting things here. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, first off... Uh... This is in my, my recurring segment. Read it already. Um, the bees in Candyman are real. Mm-hmm. Including the ones in Tony Todd's mouth. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. The actor agreed to the stunt on the condition he would receive $1,000 for every bee sting he endured, which ended up being 23 Hell yeah. 23,000 bucks for bees in your mouth. And you know what? I love Tony Todd. So good on him for (laughs) making that arrangement. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's hear it. So, so do you have anything else? Um, Ask a question. uh, Yeah, go ahead. Ask your question. Is a thousand dollars a bee sting enough for you? I think after 23, three bing stings, Bee stings, <laughs> I'd probably be dead. No, I mean, he didn't die. I, I know, you, but you're not like, allergic to bees, are you? I'm allergic to wasps, and I might be. I've never been stung by a bee. Hmm. How about you, David? You know, I'm never going to find myself in that position, but I'm going to go ahead and say that yes, I think I would do it. So, yeah, that, I mean, I would, I would try negotiating at least. I'd be like, okay. A thousand dollars per sting up to the first ten, and then like we're gonna go up to fifteen hundred. We're for doing the multipliers. Next 10. Now. Yes, we're just gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna keep, and then after twenty, 
we're going to go up to like 20 per, you know. Now, now, now here's a question. If you're in that position mm-hmm. and you got like the bees in your mouth and stuff, would would you chew to pro- to provoke them a little bit? No, God, no. no. Jesus Christ. I would, I would be like, I wouldn't even breathe. Yeah. Don't move, Spadowski. Don't even breathe. I'd, I'd want the like the little the, the oxygen thing in my nose just to like keep me from having to like breathe at all. Oh yeah, or reduce. Dude, this my just need makes for me want to watch Candyman. Ugh. Yeah, no, great movie. Uh, you saw the remake, right? I have not seen the remake yet. Or not the remake. The uh, the it's not a remake. Reboot. It's not a remake. The, 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 it's the a pseudo reboot sequel, but it's a sequel. Yeah, because Tony Todd's in it. it. Tony Todd is in it. Hell yeah. So, yeah, no, totally check it out. It's actually really fucking good. Well, uh, I that, thought it was better than the first one. I mean, that's what a reboot is, really, isn't it? It's like a sequel, but after a long period of time. Well, no, sometimes a reboot is like I, see, set, that, starting uh, over. That's uh, that's so confusing because that's what I thought at first, but then a, a reboot turned out to be th- uh, just so confusing. Okay. They need, they need clear things for... A sequel that just took twenty years and a a basically resetting of the franchise. Right. This is more of a distraction hole. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that next time. Um. So I got one other thing from Reddit I want to ask you guys, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and this is a great little thing I found in uh, Metal for the Masses. That previous one was from. Uh, Damn, that's interesting. Okay. This and you is, know what? Damn, that was interesting. It was. So this is like a, I, I already knew about that, but I'm just I'm yeah. so glad to hear it again. Well, this is from the actually it's originally from uh Metal for the Masses, but it got reposted in R slash last podcast on the left. Hmm. And uh this is your grindcore band name where you take your initials and uh you you make a metal you you get a grindcore band name. So uh, we're going to start with David. Okay. All right. So yours is, uh, what was yours again? A is your middle initial? Yeah. So are you telling me, motherfucker, that your initials are dad? Oh, yeah. I'm daddy. Oh, daddy. Okay. So yours, D, A, and D in the three are rotting, no, oh God, <laughs> rotting pussy gagging. <laughs> That, that's your grindcore band name, David. Fuck yeah. Yeah. All right, Fuck Mike. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. see. It's um just a second. What's your middle initial? G. G. Yeah. G. M G R. M G R. All right. So you are God damn it. Lesbian toilet rape. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. That is awful. <laughs> lesbian toilet rape. Yes. Lesbian <laughs> toilet rape. <laughs> wow, that's, that's horrible. I know. Okay, so mine, KTH. Uh, okay. Piss-soaked hospital death. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's well, it's just well, a fun little so, thing. I was like, "Oh, we got to do that so, on the show." So the the hospital. I'm guessing that's from the middle name. Yes. So hospital but, death. That's like that's how fucking death happens nowadays most of the time. Yeah. Is, 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 is this how we're hospital introducing death. ourselves? Just, 
in uh, weekend weird or, or, or in distraction hole? Is that how we're introducing ourselves? <laughs> yeah. we'll have, I am have to hospital down. death. But no, that's just dying of old age. Yes, yeah, basically hospital death. It really is. But uh, not very grindcore. It's just no. very sad and realistic. That, that's like grandcore. <laughs> hey, at least it's not lesbian toilet rape. Hey, my, mine, mine's kind of cool. And it's yeah, like, but except for the rape, I don't like the rape part. Yeah, well, I think rotting pussy gagging is just bizarre. <laughs> I'm not even that, gonna... that is it. That is a fun one. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, so before we go on to questions, we of course are coming to our normal end of the show thing david i feel like x needs to give it to us because mm-hmm, yeah, they, they actually gave me something to work with for a change oh that's um, good it's, it's been, been a while been, it's been i have not been x'd <laughs> in quite a while so yeah mm-hmm. i need i feel like i need it to be given to me indeed mm-hmm. <laughs> okay lesbian toilet rape <laughs> Soaked hospital death. Sorry, that's gonna be stuck in my head for weeks. All right, so um, found a thread on X. This is UFO sightings. Ooh. Um, and it's just someone you know querying other anons about like what if they've seen UFOs, and it's a bunch of different stories. Is it anon or anon? Um, anon, anons. I I don't give a fuck. Anon. Anon! Anon, even. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to read a couple of these stories, and they're they're green text, so it's obviously like first-person shit, usually. Um, So, here's the first story. This is what the op of the thread put. Be me during school trip to D.C. (laughs) circa 2006-2007. Be near either the Lincoln uh, Memorial or the Washington Memorial, I forget which, just before sunset. I had my fill of the monuments and went outside to wait on everyone else to get back on the bus. Start looking towards the stars and see the sunset, which I could also which I could also do camping in my home state of Kentucky. I see close to the horizon three red dots. At first think it's a plane, and then they were in perfect uh, a perfect triangle. Uh, and there was no sound of jet engines, which was I was familiar with hearing when planes would fly overhead in the forest when camping. I also knew the planes had both red and green lights on the wings, the way viewers could tell which direction the craft faced. However, uh. I stated the craft only had red lights. I've never been great at judging the size of objects at a distance, but it flew fairly close to the ground, and I was able to watch it go overhead from one horizon to the other. I was the only one to witness the craft that I was aware of. Didn't bring it up to any of my classmates as I was a bit of a black sheep in my class and didn't want to make the stigma worse. So it doesn't seem like there's much to it, even though the original posters kind of like, uh, but then he kind of learned about triangle UFOs and he thought back on it and that sort of thing. Um, so, but he, he has this little thing at the end of the post Entirely unrelated, but Nintendo DS PictoChat was the bomb at the time and helped me connect with my classmates on that trip. So, <laughs> that's a cute little detail. Yeah, no, I remember PictoChat. That was pretty cool. Yeah, they need to bring that back. Anyway. Um, they, they, they got rid of it because too many ki- people were sending kids dick drawings. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Yeah, I that's remember we were at a friend's house everything. and all we did was just send dick drawings to each other. You, you're the problem. Things. You're well, the problem. Now, if you're sending dick drawings to other adults, that's fine. Especially yeah. if it's your friends. But 
when you, you know, bef- you know, these, these terrible shit people. But anyway, yeah. that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, so there's not a whole lot to that story, but I, I have some uh, other ones here, and I'm just going to go ahead and... Um, well, I, I want to say before, though, that, that plane... He's thinking of boats. Boats have red and green lights. Planes only have the red strobe. You know, give him a break. He's socially awkward for a while. Not true. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't know any better. Okay, Here, here's another one. Um... Uh, I've seen some weird things before. One of the more unsettling ones, and I think it was unsettling because it was so far away, was, and then he gets to the green tech story. <clears throat> At this massive antenna in the countryside one night, get an amazing view of the sky. Sitting in car, chilling out, looking at the stars. Starts to sound like kind of like a poem here, doesn't it? I know. I was like, is this Robert Frost? <laughs> looking for Orion's belt because it's the only one I can ever find. That's me. Note. Notice something the size of one of those no-name stars and no one cares about moving north. <laughs> kind of shit judgy, okay. star. Piece <laughs> of shit star. <laughs> Fuck you, you're not a special star. Um, maybe it's a comet going in a perfectly straight line. Another one just like it comes in from the east heading west. They're going to hit each other. Meet, in quotes. Both there for a few seconds in the same place. One of them starts heading north again. The other one starts heading back east. Um, really wish I had a telescope. It was such a bizarre thing because it was so far away and moving really fast. Not blink and you miss it fast, but fast enough that it was recognizable once you saw them. They were kind of the distance where the camera would never have been able to pick them up. Still might get a telescope, though. Hmm. That's pretty cool. I always find those sorts of things interesting. Mm-hmm. I, w- I, w- I wish these kids would write better because, you know. Right. You well, know, that's the, the, the whole thing with the fucking green text format. Every time Ghost Forge brings up green text stories, I feel like I'm gonna wither to dust. <laughs> it's like, come on, that, that finish said, them sentences. Okay, here here's one uh, reply. I've seen the same UFO since I was twelve. Last time it was just hovering in the air. First time it was moving. I'm also kind of suspicious I've been abducted once or twice because I woke up while on their operating table. Okay. It could have been a dream, but it felt different. They sort of panicked when they noticed and put me back to sleep. Okay, I'm going to... No, no, I'm not going to try to jump in and do any debunking here because this is my fucking bread and butter. Uh, That definitely sounds like you have been singled out and possibly your family as well. You're an abductee and I would go get some regression. I'm not saying that's going to tell you anything, but, you know, might help. I I like the phrasing. I'm also kind of suspicious because uh, I've kind of suspicious I've been abducted once or twice because I woke up on their operating table. (laughs) Kind? Yeah, I'd be a little (laughs) incredulous as well if I woke up on an operating table. Yeah, if I woke up surrounded by greys, I'd be like, I might be abducted. Uh, someone responded to this guy specifically. Oh, good. Yeah. I've had that happen, too. I woke up once with three of them. I never opened my eyes, but I knew there were three. One was on my right holding my hand. I could feel it. Another one was standing up down near my feet. Oh, God. Up down near my feet. Up down funky butt. Sorry. (laughs) She was female, I think. But never opened her eyes. voice anyway. She said, it's not working on him. The third one who was up near my head squirted something in my mouth that tasted like Novocaine. Uh, okay. Okay, so... That's, like, little that's writing spoo. tip here. 
if it tastes like Novocaine, it's implied that you could taste it. You don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, anyway, this sounds like someone is like having a dream of a time he went to the dentist. Right. Right. As soon as he squirted it in, I thought to myself, I hope they don't give me too much. I could overdose. Somehow I knew that they had already given me some, though I don't remember it. I went back to sleep in seconds and then woke up what seemed like two minutes later. Never did it feel like a dream to me. You don't taste things in dreams. Yeah, you I do. don't anyway. Nor do I feel sensations like things touching me. I know people will say sleep paralysis, but I don't believe that. Nah, here, here. I know. Sorry, go will, ahead, Mike. I know people will tell me the truth, but I don't believe that. Yeah, but okay. Here's the thing. Uh, this kind of lines up with some abduction experiences where you can sense the things around you because they're. I don't know. There's something about their presence that you can feel it, but that also falls in with the idea of, you know. When when you have uh, uh, you know those bizarre instances where it's like the the electromagnetic fields cause you to feel uh, entities around you that aren't actually there. You mean like dreams? No, it's it's. Look, I there's this sometimes in electromagnetic fields there have been reports that people feel a menacing presence or more than one menacing presence around them. And it's like this intense feeling of dread. Um, that, it, like, what kind of electromagnetic field? I don't are you remember. About? I'd have I because, didn't do research people, for this because people like are in MRI machines, which is thousands of Teslas. Now of I've heard people magnetic uh, fields in and, those report that. But that's because they're in a little tube. They've been shoved in a little tube that makes humming noises. Yeah. My other thing, and this is far more likely, is I want to show that guy's story up. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I want a story too, but mine's better. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's about it. Like, those, yeah. are the, those are the highlights. But that, that interaction between the two, like, discussing their possible abduction seemed most interesting to me. Yeah, no, that's actually pretty interesting. Uh, it's also sounding kind of like a game dude's trying so, to start a game of yes. And yeah. And, and here's the thing about dreams too, is I've, I've really thought about and tried to remember a lot of my dreams and they have no rhyme or reason. Sometimes you have dreams that are very vivid and have all like your sensory stuff. Sometimes I've had dreams where I've realized I didn't actually hear anything in the dream. I just thought I heard stuff. Sure. So it's it there's all dreams never hit all the same sensory triggers all the time. Like you can have dreams where you think you sm where you smell things and dreams where it's nothing but sights and sounds and it's it's never yeah. it's never a consistent experience unless you're being abducted in which case <laughs> unless you're, you're being dreaming abducted. about being abducted now when i have dreams and i smell something do you ever have those dreams where you smell toast that's that's a stroke Kevin. okay that's all called right. a stroke. just checking all right good to know good to know i'm gonna make a note of that next time i wake up and smell toast uh, it's either it's either you're having a stroke or our roommate is burning something okay that's also fair uh, <laughs> Well, thank you for the X there. We do have a question this week, guys. Mm -hmm. 
uh, from Man in Black, actually. We need to get back on trying to get more questions. But uh, it's been kind of a weird few weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, question is from Man in Black, our friend Eric Arquin. And he asks, what H.P. Lovecraft book would you suggest I read first? Uh, I'm going to go uh, first because I have no opinion because I've never read any. Uh, okay. What? Uh, okay. I'm just saying. I say oh, I have no okay. I said I have no silence. opinion. Oh, see, I thought you meant like you're just going to no. name one off. No, My I bad. said I have no opinion because okay. I've never read any. That was my well, point. I heard that, man. There was just silence and I heard it. Yeah. So, whoa. Like, whoa, <laughs> dude. So he says, I was wondering because I own a few Kindle books and tried to read them but couldn't get my head into it. Which, Dusty is having the same thing. She found some H.P. Uh, Lovecraft stories on Project Gutenberg. And uh, she was like, which ones should I get? And I was like, well, tell me what they have. And I was like, okay, I'm going to tell you which ones not to fucking read. <laughs> and, uh, but like, I feel... Like, Shadow Over Innsmouth and At the Mountains of Madness are, like, two of my absolute favorites. Mm. And if you're looking for one of his shorter pieces to read, uh, to start off with, that really captures a mood, I would read The Festival. Mm, okay. As a short, you know, it's a one where the guy comes back to his ancestral uh, town for uh, a solstice festival and shit gets weird. Yeah. I really like that one for the mood. If you want to get into like more weird esoteric shit, I would check out the dream series, like the dream quest of unknown Cadeth because it's like Lovecraft, but fantasy. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I would actually go with uh shadow over Innsmouth and uh, what was that other one? I said, fuck. Uh, Mountains of Madness. Mountains of Madness. Because that's also the origin of the ancient aliens shit. Yeah, um, my initial answer would probably be uh, Shadow Over Innsmouth. Um, yeah. I think that's his te most technically proficient story. I think it has the best... Um, again, there's a lot of problems with it because he is not a very good writer. And he's um, not. And it's also like, wow, this is a metaphor for race. Yeah, it's, it's a metaphor for miscegenation. Yeah, this is all like, hmm, wow, he didn't like Italians either. Who knew? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that being said, um, I really do think The Color Out of Space is really good. Um, uh-huh. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, no, that is a real... Oh, man, glad just, you brought just that the, up. This, farm, this farmhouse and landscape and family just kind of melting over the course of, like, weeks. Mm -hmm. Really um, good, really good film adaptation of that one, too, mm -hmm. with Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, also fun, um, Herbert West reanimator. Like the movies are amazing. <laughs> okay, I just want to say when you get to the part about the black boxer, you're 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 in for a shock on what he thinks of black people. I mean that that's like caveat. Like a lot of no it's matter racist. what story, like there's some racist shit going on. Some um, of it worse he, than others. Like his later yeah, stuff yeah. is not so bad. Like uh, I feel like. <laughs> Shadow out of time, he was more. No, way it's less... horror at Red Hook. That's the absolute worst. Oh, that is fucking awful. And the yeah. street is like the most fucking white is right thing I've ever read. Yeah. 
so so Herbert West Reanimator is just fun because it's basically him doing pulpy Frankenstein. Oh yeah, no, it's great. And again, the movie again is hilarious. intensely problematic. The movie the movies are better than the books, but I do enjoy I do enjoy the stories for yeah. uh, Herbert West Reanimator. Yeah, hey, um, yeah. I'm go also ahead. gonna I'm also gonna throw out um, uh, the Dunwich Horror. That is also a good one. That gave us Henry Armitage, which is like the pro mm-hmm. the 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 smart old man loses his mind in the name of the good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, uh, like, yeah, Shadow over Innsmouth, I think, is his best mm-hmm. story. Um, like, I I could say at the Mountains of Madness as well, but uh, I don't want to repeat what you were doing. Sure. But I, I have to mention because Shadow over Innsmouth is the one I teach in my class. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. fucking great. It's it's yeah. really well done, and there's yeah, a lot the of suspense. Metaphor, metaphor is so fucking explicit. Like, and there's a chase. You know, yeah, you know exactly what he's anxious about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in that uh, in that regard, uh, color out of space again. It's just this. It's his most cosmic horror story because again, it's not like this thing is indescribable and I go mad. It's more like it's a color. This cosmic thing. You, you get you get the sense of something that goes beyond human perception and then you return to human perception at the end and it's like mm-hmm. what the fuck did I just witness and you know what it's one of those stories of his that I've read it like several times and every time I go back and read it I still kind of get scared yeah no it's it's the, definitely among his best yeah the entire that night trapped in the farmhouse when the shit's going down yeah and then um, uh, you know done much horror again like that's probably of the of the ones i'm talking about here probably one of the weaker ones because again like the and still good it it, yeah it's it's like a mess the monster thing is very kind of like uh, okay it's an invisible thing yeah but like it's um but it's like an invisible half breed demon baby thing pig man human thing goat yeah thing Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of stuff and more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I All will that and more. I will say, if you want to read something and be like, oh, this isn't that bad, and then you get to the name of the guy's cat, mm-hmm. Rats in the Walls is going to make you do a spit, cake, spit take when you get to the cat's name. Mm-hmm. Mike, mm-hmm. you know that joke, right? Yes, the, I know. The picture of the little anime girl petting a cat. What a cute cat, Mr. Lovecraft. What did you say his name was again? Yeah. Yeah. But, Ooh, you know... Boy. I, I hear like on you know towards the end of his life he uh he did I've I found uh, some letters uh, of his I found some letters where he talked about I made a lot of mistakes in my youth about my opinions of other people yeah but it, it's not I mean he, he still didn't quite like, I, I think he I'm started trying to, like, paint a picture of him yeah like okay but that's starting so like he he held he the door died, for a black but, person time that okay. that's him starting he died to before he could really turn around i and, i like to I, believe I think, yeah i think over time but then again there's also a lot of the problematic stuff that like was just ingrained yeah. in his character there's, in his beliefs and at and just in the era mm, yeah, yeah but like even but, but, then, but even for the era his friends were like hey howard that's kind of fucked man yeah no racists were like hey man you should calm down mm-hmm so yeah, like so th- th- there's that conception that like oh yeah he would have gotten better but 
how much of it was him realizing he was getting close to death and how much was it how much of it was like him actually kind of growing to be a better person and i'm skeptical about that i, I think it's more of like some a, of the stuff you know, i've read was him going back reading his early works and going holy shit i'm a terrible human being yeah there was just, there was some self-awareness starting to happen and yeah. then he died so you know you yeah. You fuck around, so we'll, you find we'll, out. We'll never know. We'll never no, know. We no, won't. We're not, we're I not have hope for all. the man that maybe he could have been a better person, but what he did, holy fuck, that was some racist shit. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need to talk about Lovecraft movies on Distraction Hole sometime. I feel like, and I know it's not quite the same thing as what our normal purview is here on the show, but I think we could do like a biographical episode oh, on no, we, we totally Lovecraft, could. especially because if you think about cosmicism and how we look at the universe now, well, he, uh, a lot of it's influenced by him. Yeah, a lot of it is from him, and like I said, the the entire idea of ancient astronauts, you know, and or the show Ancient Aliens comes from At the Mountains of Madness. That's where the idea really germed into the public consciousness. And people are yeah. like, yeah, but what if that were real? Well, and, so, and here's the thing. Like, I think you and I could do a really good series on Lovecraft because, again, like, I got my M.A. writing about him. Uh-huh. And, 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 and then, I like, you and I talk insane. about him all the time. We do. Because yeah. he's problematic, problematic as fuck. He's mm-hmm. not an incredibly proficient writer. But the ideas, the germs of some of the ideas of the cosmic horror in his stories are amazing. Yeah, so so if, you, if you're a listener and you want us to tackle, like, Lovecraft, because, again, like, our Nostradamus thing, was there really anything supernatural going on with it? Not really. Yeah. It's more about, like, the perception. So, yeah, if, if you're interested in us doing, like, Lovecraft as a, a serious deep dive, yeah. we will do that. It's... And... And Nostradamus, the, both of these have an impact on the world of the supernatural. So mm-hmm. it fits. We could do mm-hmm. that. So uh, that's kind of it for the week, guys. Yay. Aww. I'm glad we got this boo. done. I'm glad we did this. Yay, boo. boo. Yeah, boo. So um, don't forget to head to supernetpod.rocks. You can find a link to our Discord, our Patreon, it just every damn thing. <laughs> Contact us about advertising with us. We have advertising slots. And uh, and let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you. So use the contact form. Uh, join us on the Discord. Uh, join our Patreon and let us know what you would like to see on there as we try to get that back going and all sorts of fun shit. Mm-hmm. Um, David, have you got anything to plug? Uh, I think we have a couple new uh, shirt designs coming out soon. We do, and uh, I am going to get those up this weekend. So, yeah, this weekend, go ahead and uh, check out our merch and check out the cool two new shirts that Kevin and I collaborated on. And speaking of, uh, one of our co-workers is uh, uh, half Mexican, and he speaks fluent Spanish. I asked him what that shirt you uh, gave me said, and he said, and he told me, and I could not stop laughing. <laughs> what a I, subtle I like that you joke. I without knowing what it, what it meant. Not a damn clue. 
so yeah, anyway, just thought you'd find that amusing. So yeah, we are, and of course, yeah, we have a merch store. We have some very neat stickers. I've got a stack of them over here on my desk, so definitely uh, check those out. Mike, have you got anything you would like to plug? Negative. I got nothing. Okay. Well, that's about it then. So, thank you again, everyone, for listening. Mike, David, thank you for being on the show, as always. I would Mm -hmm. not still be doing this otherwise. So, everyone, until next time, stay, 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 stay. Wow. Stay safe. Stay, 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 stay. I stroked out. Stay safe and stay frosty. And don't do what I just did. Have a stroke on air. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, do you smell toast, by the way? Yes, I do. I smell bread. <laughs> you, you joke about that, but the day you actually have a stroke on air... It's, it's not going to be funny. Yeah. Actually, it'll probably you be pretty fucking funny. You won't know it's happening at first. Yeah. At first, it'll be hilarious. <laughs> I smell bread. I smell bread. I taste copper. <laughs> <laughs>